Come at the king, you best not miss. You're now locked in the zone, zone 32. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Zone 32 podcast. My name is Jake. His name is Drew. His name is Grant. His name is Will. Introducing the man who actually got Grant and I together unintentionally to do this podcast. So he indirectly kind of helped establish it. The man, Chibs. Say what's up to the people. What's going on, boys? How you doing? Shut the fuck up. All right. (laughs) Let's get into it. So the Ravens went to the Meadowlands yesterday at MetLife Stadium. And they played the Giants. And things didn't go so well. Not at all, actually. They blew another double-digit lead to lose and go to 3-3. Three and three. Still tied for first place in the AFC North. And actually have the tiebreaker over the Bengals because of the division win. So Lamar Jackson, for the first six games of the year in the fourth quarter, has compiled a less-than-stellar stat total. His passer rating, to my understanding, is 56 the ESPN QBR stat or whatever they want to compile was 28 in the fourth quarter. And he's thrown one touchdown to four interceptions through six games. So, Drew, I'm going to start with you. Who is to blame for yesterday's loss and why is it 100% on Lamar Jackson? Well, so that wasn't my take. That was, uh, you know, more on pants on there, who's a big fan of blaming Lamar. No, I mean, in all seriousness, yesterday was fucking well, ugly. Lamar's fault. You, you blow, you know, to, uh, another double-digit lead in the fourth quarter and... You're sitting here blaming, you know, Lamar had two of maybe the worst possessions of his uh, back-to-back of his career. You get that phantom DPI call on uh, Marcus Peters on the interception that could have potentially saved us from ourselves. It's just, you know, one thing after another with this team. We, we beat ourselves constantly, and it's, it's fucking ugly. Why didn't we stick with the run? Why did we get stuffed on the goal line? I think it was three separate times that we didn't end up punching the ball in. We had the ball, like, within the five-yard line. It's just... Endless shit. And honestly, I'm okay with blaming Lamar for yesterday. I'm more irritated with the people who have taken yesterday and then made that as a, um, you know, the coaching staff is okay and the front office is fine because Lamar sucks because that's not the case at all. But Lamar has had two bad back-to-back games. Um, But this is what happens when you build a shitty roster around a great player. Yeah. I mean, if if we really want to talk about it, so QBR being what it is, his QBR yesterday was 58.5. His QBR against Cincinnati was 29.2. That was a win. And his QBR against Buffalo was 47.5. The first two games of the season, he was above it. He was 82.6 and 88.1. So he's had three not great games in a row. So the Bills game, I give him a little bit of, pass, of a pass because of the weather. Again, it would have yeah. been great if he kind of you know came up with something at the end there and didn't really score after halftime, which sucks. But it was a shitty weather game. You know, neither team was really moving the ball that all that great that game. So I can give him a little bit of pass for that. But if, it, if, the, if there's no weather that game, we lose by two scores. Or we win by three scores. No, yeah, one or the other. Those would have smoked us if it was a clear day. Our our de- our defensive play calls just aren't there. Like I'm telling you, like the zone bullshit is not there. And if it like the weather helped us that game, that was our game to win. I mean, to be fair though, like if you watch that game back and you look at the secondary, like they're bracketing the right people at the right time, and they are like the secondary at least was doing what it was supposed to do. Yeah, it was tough to say. Like the second level was the issue, and not bringing people down in the backfield, not finishing sacks, not you know, bracketing the edges on, on, on the defensive line side and the second left secondary is fine, but yeah. it was the zone coverage. It, I mean, just Patrick Queen just can't cover, man. Like, it pretty much what it is. All right, so All right. I need Back to, to the Giants. I, 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 
Yeah, so I, I'm the one who said yesterday, knee-jerk reaction, I said that Lamar Jackson was 100% to blame for the loss. Um, I think if you if you shrink the game down to the, 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 the big moments at the end, he is to blame because he, they were he awful. had such a – yeah, he, I mean, he made really such bad he had, drives. the decision making, the execution, the mistakes that he made, you know, in a three three snap span when the game was on the line. He handed them the ball to score, and then came out had a chance to sort of like just erase all the mistakes he had made, and immediately makes a mistake that he he, he looked like you know twenty eighteen Lamar where. Didn't he, he fumbled 11 times in the seven, seven games he started in 2018? That's what he looked like on that play, where he's just holding the ball away from his body. He's not aware of who's around him. He, just, he, was, he, was, he was trying way too hard to make something happen where it wasn't. Um, on the interception, hero. So, so are we having yeah. this conversation if Mark Andrews catches that touchdown pass in between the eight right. and the nine? Well, so, no, so, we'll get so to Mark Andrews, trust me. Yeah. <laughs> right, so, okay. Yeah, so when I said that yesterday, I mean, I meant it. And it was specific, really, to the end. He, but it, like, like Chips pointed out, he's played poorly, really, in three straight games. You know, yeah. from a statistical point of view, for me, the biggest issue I'm seeing is from last week to this week. Last week, he missed a couple of huge throws. We talked about it a, yeah. a bunch on the podcast. And then I said, you know, he's allowed to have a game like that where he, he misses three throws. That's basically what he did last week. He, he had three throws that he missed. It was the pick and the two open touchdowns that he missed. And I said. You know, I can't imagine he that would translate over to another game, but it did because in in this game, it wasn't that he was missing big throws; he was missing most throws. He had a couple of clean throws, but most he was missing easy throws. He missed an well, easy out, outlet pass on, on the first possession or second possession to Drake on on third down. He 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 bounced a couple of people's feet. Um, he was just not, not even crisp. Just that, and, but he, he also like that handoff that should have gone to Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake would add a first down plus a lot more. And then there was that errant snap that he picked up. Like, why would you attempt to complete that pass? Just no throw it away. Throw it out of bounds. Yeah, that interception was what are you doing? the dumbest play I've seen him have in a very and, long time. And it's exactly like that. Like, yeah. what do you gain from it? Wasn't like he, like, that ball? Was, it, it wasn't like he blindly threw it. When he picked up the ball, he had time and looked upfield and yeah. like squared his receiver and still threw it to the 300-pound Randy Moss. But then, like, uh, like we saw him – so people were trying to blame Greg Roman, which Greg Roman is also like partly at fault. But Greg Roman made some play calls, and we saw Lamar audible out of them, and then disaster struck every time he audibled. What do you call that where, you know, Greg Roman's been wrong 90% of the time and the one time that he's right, Lamar audibles out of it. So, like, I, I don't know. I, I can't I can't kill Lamar for checking out of something at the line. I think Greg Roman, and we can probably get to this later, but Greg well, Roman has to go at this point. Like I just said, there's yeah. no use for him being around we, anymore. We will get there. We will get there. So, my, but my biggest thing with Lamar is this right now. Lamar Jackson, I don't know if he's having a physical issue. I don't know if it's a mental thing or if it's a combination of the two. But – yeah, whatever it is, well, yeah, I know where you're going. I know what it is. Back certain from carrying all, the team. But all I'm seeing though yeah. is a guy who, who looks lost. He looks lost. That. He looks lost. I know lost. what it is. Go for it. Tomorrow, Lamar Jackson bet on himself, right? Yeah. He comes into this situation knowing that all the Ravens had was Mark Andrews, Rashad Bateman, maybe Devin Duvernay could play at that point, which we, Will and I, Drew and I, one of us and I believed that he could play 
All three of us. We all, all three of us. Yeah. All right. Good. Lamar knew what he was coming into in this situation. And now that there's injuries to Rashad Bateman and the passing game is not doing what it's supposed to do. Like he's trying to play hero ball because he bet on himself. So he's trying to prove himself worthy of the contract. But in reality, he's doing too much. So mentally he's fucking up. And I got, I got something for you too. devil's advocate to that. So let's say that theoretically the Ravens knew they couldn't get a deal done with Lamar to his fifth year. Right? So he, everybody knows he does more with less. Are you about you to say a lot that? of the purpose was that they didn't bring in a lot of help for him because it would drive his price down if he had to succeed with less? Can we kick him out of the car? Or is that, his, is that possible? Yeah, his, his price is the same no matter what. I'm saying, like, you, you got to understand, like, no, his price goes up Lamar if he does more with, with all of us right here yeah, at right. But do you think that a lot of it is, is because there's probably incentives to it. You know, if he's an MVP, he tallies a second MVP on there. Contract bonuses go up. He tallies a, another Pro Bowl. Contract bonuses go up. Playoff per- performances, Super Bowl, whatever. Do you think a lot of it goes into a, not enough pressure this year to put weapons around him? to no, let him know this is all you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. With a guy, with a guy like Lamar, like you're, it's a catch-22 because if he does more with less, that price probably goes up higher than if he wins the right. Super Bowl with fucking Devontae Adams and DK Metcalf. But he's not. I have been. Less. I have been very nice to a certain front office member of the Ravens for the last few weeks, pretty much since the season started, since the draft. Um, Eric DaCosta is a fucking moron. There is no other way to put this. The fact that you are going into the season with no wide receiver death, like none at all. Okay, so Rashad. Two linebackers. You went into a game with two no, 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 linebackers. You, you can even go. You, can, you don't even have to look at the defense. You can just look at the offense. Okay, so. Mark Andrews is great. Like, there's no denying that. He is a legitimate stud. Okay, Most you have J.K. Dobbins. No, but I mean, even he, he's going to drop passes. Like, that happens. And they don't look as bad if you don't have fucking losers playing wide receiver besides him. That's but fun, you, you go into the season, you know, Duvernay is, uh, you know, a gadget guy that was a great kick returner that we thought was going to be very good and has proved us correct. But that's fine. Bateman is... He our expectations, though. Yeah, he has. Bateman looks, Bateman looks good when he's healthy, but he's yeah. not been healthy a lot in his career right. so far. Demarcus Robinson's a career wide receiver, three wide receiver, four. James yeah. Proche sells $70 butterfly t-shirts and needs to get the fuck off my roster. <laughs> Somebody tweeted the other day that he has more inspirational quotes than career catches, and they're actually right. It's yeah, that was funny. <laughs> yeah, but like, seriously, like, get the fuck off the team. Like, I'm sick and tired of that idiot on, on the internet. And then Tyler Wallace is supposed to have this, you know, chip on his shoulder, be this dog, supposed to be this, you know, I'm doubted, I'm an underdog, and I'm this, you know, great wide receiver. And he fucking sucks. So, like, if you're the he does, but he'd have a career touchdown if Lamar could fucking throw an accurate pass. Yeah, talk to him, He would have had a tutty if if, if, if Lamar hit him, it was an easy tutty. Yeah, that's fine. So, like, one time he got open. Like, that's like saying that, you know, nobody would cover me if I ran down the scene because they'd be like, oh, this is a white guy who can't catch, and then I'd roll walking for a touchdown. Like, congratulations. I, I don't know. I just think that – I don't think we, we shit on EDC enough on this podcast anymore. I think that we've been far too nice for to him, and just a lot of his stupidity is coming to a head here with this fucking roster. And so, you, Grant, you said that you thought the Ravens were – you know, intentionally not giving Lamar weapons to maybe drive his price down. I don't think we can give him Theoretically, could that be a reason? Okay, but theoretically speaking, we don't know what the fuck we're doing with wide receivers, and that's why he doesn't have weapons. That's that's really what it boils down to. Correct. You're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. 
Well, and like it doesn't doesn't benefit them to drive the price down up, whatever. It's they they are doing they're sticking to the same thing they did with Flacco, and they're letting Lamar basically you know force their hand. If they have to overpay for him, that's money well spent. So it's like the price is the price, and Lamar was playing out of his mind up until a few weeks ago. So I don't know. Okay, so that's earlier with the QBR talk. Like like I get that. Like he's had a bad three weeks, but. As quick as the season is right now, we're, we're six games into the season. He's gone from the unanimous MVP to holy shit, he's fallen off in six games. Right. So there's still 11 games left. So there's a lot of shit that can happen in between there. But like, that's just how fast the season can turn. But like, think you say there's a lot of shit that can happen in between there, right? But like, take a look at everything that's happened to the Ravens so far through six weeks. Like, all of the shit that could happen is going to be bad shit. Yeah, I That's mean, we could easily like be zero and six. Correct. So, and who was it? Kevin something or other said uh, the Ravens could easily be six and zero. Like they could also be one and five. Like that's they what could I said. And I think they're, they're they are closer. To, they're closer to a one and five team based on the way they played than they are to a six and zero team. Even though yeah, if people so want to do this whole you're thing about is the, um, oh, is the you know, Jets, one right? point. Yeah, yeah, at one point, yeah, yeah. The, the Jets win. We we dominated that we game. We still could have so lost that. Uh, yeah, but so at, at one point in the season, it was like um, the Ravens have trailed for 14 seconds of the season and they've lost two games. Yeah. I don't care because th- th- those 14 seconds we trailed, we got our asses kicked for two whole quarters leading up to yeah. it. So it's not a matter of only trailing in the game by score. We let the team come, the other team come back and, and just beat, beat our asses. Deficits. Yeah. So, I mean, I think a team that can that can let that happen – Three fucking times in the first six games. That's not a team that has any business claiming we could be six and zero. Oh. They should Correct. be saying, "Goddamn lucky to have three wins." I, I've seen people say that the Jets win means more because they're four and two now. Like we beat fucking Joe Flacco, dude. Relax. Yeah. yeah. Hey, yeah. speaking of the Jets, Chibs, how's that sauce tasting? Uh, he's faced fucking. Thank you. Let me go uh, through the go. wide Thank receivers you. that Thank he's faced. You. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Thank you. Most targeted corner on his own team. Romeo Dobbs. He has faced fucking uh he wasn't facing Jamar Chase. It was T. Higgins. Uh he has faced what Be- Chase Clay. T. Higgins is the most productive wide receiver on the Bengals. Exactly. Jamar Chase is better. He's faced it was I think it was Jalen Waddell with uh Skylar Thompson at quarterback. So dart thrower. When I hear Skylar Thompson, I think dart thrower. When I hear Sauce Gardner, I think overrated dipshit who got a chain with his name on it for the draft. You hate him because Ron. of his nickname. <laughs> Fuck off. No, I hate him because of you. If we're being clear, <laughs> I hate him because, <laughs> and, you and, because of me and too. Drew, Drew's response all the way up until this season started was, "Who has he ever played against? Never played against NFL wide receivers. He's in the fucking NFL playing against NFL." receivers now dude and then Every you week. told me that he's he on wasn't the field. targeted you said teams were actively oh, avoiding no, no, him. no 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 yeah yep. i can read it right now buddy it. yeah okay that's Give fine but I'm, percentage I'm talk. are we going to talk about target percentages or targets the higgins went off against the jets thank you salson garden is he want to bet he guarded him i watched that game all right, let's get back to the let's get back to the Giants. Let's get back to the Giants. Yeah, now that Grant's oh, in front of a real corner, now that Grant's in front of a real cornerback expert, he folds on the Sauce Gardner ticket. So. 
What the fuck you mean? I just now, told now you, what now you, want, what else do you, you want them to do? Yeah. Oh, yeah. now you want to Be call better. Chibs an expert. Okay. All right. Yeah. Chibs is an expert when he fits my agenda. That's how this works. Yeah. Yeah. I respect I respect all journalists who agree with me. The ones that don't agree with me are the problem. <laughs> all right, Jake, I'm gonna I'm gonna need you as the host to start moderating this a little right, bit better. Daniel right. Jeremiah yeah. is the man. All right. Let's get back to the Giants game. All right. So, so hold on, one thing. Sauce Gardner had two tackles, uh one assisted tackle. He allowed a passer rating of 113.4. And he allowed seven catches in the Bengals game. That is great for BFF. Okay. The ball drifted to the middle of the field. All right. Well, there you go. So let's get back to the Giants game. And since I went to Drew already, I'm going to go to Will. Will, the Ravens are three and three. How do we fix this issue? How do we not be mediocre? What's the remedy? Uh, We need the offense to put together a full game. For one thing, I mean, the offense in every single game at, at certain points has looked good. We ran for over 200 yards this week, which is something we've been waiting for. Um, we we thought it was going to be like the, the J.K. Dobbins show. That's another thing I'd like to touch on. Last week after the game, after the game last week, J.K. Dobbins started liking tweets. I went on this podcast and said, that's annoying to me because we're coming off of a big win against a division opponent. And... He's worried about how many times he touched the ball. We go into this game. He was running for 1.8 yards per carry and getting outplayed by Kenyon Drake. He lost his shoe. And rather than picking his fucking shoe up and going off the field and having it, you know, retied and whatever the, the equipment guys like to do to make sure that our running back who just shredded his fucking knee, uh, you know, a year ago Early is, is ready for, for, the, for the worst turf in the league. He stood on the field with the, the offense in the huddle waiting for him so we didn't get a fucking penalty, put his shoe back on, and didn't even get to the huddle until I think it was at 18 seconds on the play clock, yeah. as if we don't have enough trouble getting a fucking playoff on time to begin with. That's the kind of bullshit that really bothers me because the guy is more concerned with his own personal production than whatever the fuck is happening with the team. And that's that <laughs> translates over from liking – fucking fat asses with Cheeto dust in their fingers and their tweets at fucking one o'clock in the morning on Sunday night to now he's on the field, potentially costing us, uh, you know, offensive efficiency could have resulted in a penalty could have resulted in a busted play, whatever the case may be. It's just selfish to me. So JK Dobbins pissed me off and he was getting outplayed. So it's like, he was just trying to protect his own. Yeah, I guess they said his knee tightened up. I don't even know what the fuck that means, but anyway, so we, we saw some good things on offense. They ran the ball. Well, uh, obviously we already covered Lamar was not passing the ball very well. He wasn't crisp. Uh, Mark Andrews had one of the, his signature Mark Andrews games where he had a couple of huge plays. He makes these plays that, I mean, that make it very clear that if he's not the number one tight end of the league, he, there's an argument for it with him and Kelsey. That's the only person who would be in front of him. And then he goes and he had, I believe he had 11 targets and he had seven catches. And I think yep. all four targets he didn't catch were drops. And one right. of them, was a drop that would have won the game outright, no question, would have put us up by two scores, and it turned into a fucking interception in the end zone because he can't secure the ball. And this has happened before. This is I, I was uh, I, I was uh, talking to somebody who's a Titans fan, and it, it dawned on me that that first Titans playoff loss, everything yeah. that happened in that game came off of off. Mark Andrews 
tipping the ball up in the air, an interception. It was the first, believe the first possession of the game for us. We were rolling down the field. Mark Andrews took the ball up in the air, got turned over, and then Greg Roman called like 96% of the rest of the plays were fucking pass plays. And, you know, the rest is history. So it's it's just like it's another game in the long history of Greg Roman, uh, to me, just kind of losing his way when things go off track. He doesn't know how to pivot. He doesn't know how to to – to get things back on track once they fall off of his plan. He's he's so captive to his game script. So I don't know. I know Chip said that Greg Roman did a better he has and he has done a better job at times this year. But like the offense cannot be this inept. This is I don't even care that we don't have okay, we don't have a, a deep wide receiver roster at this moment right now. Okay. I freely admit that. We also have three very athletic tight ends who make great catches. We were getting the ball to Isaiah Likely. Likely was averaging 15 yards per reception, and we just never went back to him. I believe, like, yeah, I think he had two catches on, in the first, either on the first possession or at least in the first quarter. So, like, quarter. we have this guy. All he does well is catch the ball and run with it, and he gets the yards after carry. Why don't we get him the ball more? I don't know. It looked like we were going to, and then we just got away from that. And then it's just like force feed the ball to Mark Andrews. It, it, everything to me just looked like it was it was forced. It was very predictable. And when you're doing that, it doesn't matter who the fuck you're playing, especially when you're playing Wink, who's practiced against these guys for the entirety of their careers. It was just like, to me, the game plan sucked. Execution was terrible. You just touched on something that was really big because Wink Martindale, the entire time he was with Baltimore, didn't cover tight ends. And he showed it in this game that he wasn't going to cover tight ends. So why not throw to the other tight ends more? Like even Josh Oliver was popping off a little bit. That one, obviously, yeah, was not a catch. Yeah, he looks good. It was still, yeah, right. like, and then, oh, circling back to the whole J.K. Dobbins thing, he is the Marquise Brown of running backs. So I just want to make I sure said, that That's what I said. That's what I've been recorded. saying all week. I, so my thing with J.K. that bothers me is that if you're going to talk that shit after the Bengals game, then come out and back it up. If you're, It's the same thing with yeah. Hollywood Brown of, you know, if you, if you, you, you have soldiers, what's the point? What's the point of having soldiers if you don't use them? And then you come out and drop six passes. Like if you're J.K. Dobbins and you're on Twitter, like in tweets saying that you should get a full workload when you had, I think Will and I were talking about this. I think he had the first 12 carries of the game or first eight carries, whatever it was. He had seven. He had seven. He had seven. But you can't compare that. You got to look at like situations sometimes. You're like somebody might get 10 carries, but they might be more short yardage or like a different like aspect of the play call. But then you might have somebody that gets like four carries like Bernard Pollard that it's more design of a longer distance situation that ends up chunking more yards. So, I mean, like they said his knee tightened up. That's weird. But the whole thing is weird with the whole hardball comments and all that. I don't know. I don't know what he, to think. He, yeah, his knee tightened up when he was getting 1.8 yards yeah. carry. And yeah. then Drake and, comes and, in and is, you know, adding the defense. So, like, if you're J.K. Dobbins and you're going to run your mouth and say, give me the ball, then you give get the opportunity to be given the ball. Fucking do something. Yeah. Yeah, you know I what? Mean, he, he reminded me of somebody. Negative 24 expected rushing yards over seven carries. Yeah. Like, you're fucking useless. Yeah. yeah. But I can understand, I can understand why he got pissed last week because he was running like a fucking animal. And then you just don't give him the ball. It's like, yeah. all right. Cool, man like whatever you like if you got him on a pitch count that's fine but if he's juiced let him rock let, let him rock man. Well, you're jk well. tony jk tony can't keep his shoes on yeah hey listen the thing is though you're mad but j uh tony with one shoe on could run a better route than james prochet 
That's I'm fine with that. Trade, 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 trade for Tony right He's all pro. He's all pro Trade for Tony right now. I'm fine with that. With the judge machine, sure. All broke judge. Exactly. Drew hit the fucking nail on the head with that. James Noche. Yes. Not a James buy my $70 butterfly t-shirt. We yeah, and also Drew I think, submitted okay, a request we, to have all jug machines bailed <laughs> from training yeah. care facilities. Yeah, get them the fuck out because this guy should not be on the roster, and I'm tired of him. We need to give credit to the defense also because until the 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 very end, the defense had limited them to to one touchdown. The only reason the Giants had any success yesterday, up until the very end, and even because at the very end, was because they were getting the ball with such great field position. Anytime the Giants got the ball with uh, you know, if, and they had to go anything beyond, I guess, 70 yards or so. If they weren't getting the ball around midfield or on our side of the field, they weren't doing shit. So uh, what we also had special teams yesterday were a bit of a problem. I'm not going to, like, pile on Justin Tucker for missing a 50-plus yard field goal, but that's, un- that's not customary that that would happen. Right. But, it, you know, it yeah, happens every once in a while. I'm not going to kill him for, for that. But then we had – Stout had a couple of, of mediocre putts. I'm not going to call them bad, but they weren't great. We had – 10 penalties yesterday we had on special teams we had that fucking idiot uh climb with that dumbass personal foul uh for hitting the guy out of bounds yeah but that like, didn't change anything so that shit. was absolutely worth it he's getting cut right it's just like, they're saying. What, they're saying so like what was the oa what happened with the oa thing because i didn't see a replay or nothing they were just like he had fucking Bredesen's helmet up above his head like a goddamn victory pose. He looked like Predator in Alien vs. Predator after he killed the fucking Xenomorph. It was the coolest. I wish we got a gif out of that. Was that an Eric Acosta finesse Ben Bredesen? Oh, no, it didn't matter to anything. You just drafted a guy to draft a guy to not draft a guy to draft a guy again. Who, did we, guy who did we use that fourth-round pick on? Is that Wallace? It was a fourth, and they gave... I think they gave a sec an additional pick, right? Was it? Did they give up a fifth or a sixth to get the Giants fourth? Was it, was it along was with it Wade? Yeah, might have been Wade. Was Wade. Oh yeah, Wade was the oh, fifth. Shit. Yeah, because it was that off season. Okay, yeah, well, that was a waste. Uh, either Wade or Mason. Either Wade or Mason. Listen, talking about the defense, right? So if you have a top six scoring offense in the league, which the Baltimore Ravens do, it's fucking wild to talk about. Like. You expect that holding a team to 20 points is enough to fucking win. The offense is completely shut down in the second half. In every game that they've lost, the offense has disappeared. Right. So all this talk about the defense, all the talk about the defense is overblown because of the way the defense is being asked to defend. The, The entire second half, they're on the field. The entire second half, they're getting fucking bombarded. The, the the offense is going three and out, or they're turning the ball over, or they're going for it on these ridiculous situations. And uh, it's just the defense, the defense's, uh, their shortcomings are obvious. The pass rush has not been great. Let, right. This week, I thought we were doing a pretty good job of, of getting at least, we got a couple sacks and we got pressure on the quarterback. They, obviously, the second level is the, the big concern, and we have reinforcements coming at that you know, at the linebacker position and on the edge. Andrew Thomas is ranked as the best left tackle in the league right now, and the fucking outside linebackers and defensive ends for Baltimore were thrashing him. So the the problem at this point is is finishing. Right. Yep. The secondary is the secondary is lights out. 
Yeah. So the secondary and little uh, tiny Ben that wears the oversized suits, man, he came up with a stat that the, the Ravens are facing like 42, an average of 42 passing plays per game. And fucking, it's hard to defend that many passes every single right. game. It's tough to do. That's a, isn't that a, that's a byproduct though of, of going out to a double digit lead and then yes. giving away the lead every week. And so you're going to see a lot more pass plays. And and people who want to kill the the Kyle Hamilton pick, Kyle Hamilton again had an elite day in in coverage. Yeah, he's, he, I mean he is exactly. I don't even say exactly. He's better than what we should have expected from him right now, especially considering the workload that he has. I get that people have this like weird expectation of oh you're a first round pick, you're a starter day one. That's not necessarily true. No DBs, rookie DBs, you got to give them three years to see what they are. When did Marlins? Was it like week ten? I want to say when he got yeah, drafted. Miami, and it was, Miami an it was against Miami. It was against Miami. Was his first start. And I want to say somebody got hurt, and that's the only reason he even came in in the first place. I want to say uh, Jimmy Smith got hurt. Stepped in for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it was. Jimmy. Yeah, it was Jimmy Smith. It's always Gino Stone Jimmy. did a great job. Yeah, yep. Gino Stone did an awesome job. Uh, Gino's as, a, as a star, starter. dude. He's yep. a stud. So. Just like we said last week, I don't see any, you know, I'm not scared about uh, the safety position. That's where I think we're, that's our probably our deepest position on the whole roster. Um, I am you know, only, losing a corner, though. Yeah, true. Yes. But safety, it was like, okay, if we're gonna, it sucks to lose Marcus Williams. Marcus Williams is amazing. But the fact that we have such great depth back there, yeah. um, not, not talking about Chuck Clark, but the fact <laughs> that we have such great depth to, to back up Marcus Williams that's a luxury thing. That's like, uh, I think Matt Wise had the, the tweet where best player available drafting strategy has, has really come through here because we we're able to still have Mark or uh, have Kyle Hamilton playing the exact same role that he had before Chris Williams went out. Maybe he's going to pick up a little bit more extra. Maybe they're going to split a little bit. I think Geno Stone is ready and has done a good job stepping in for him. They brought in Ardarius too, from the practice squad. This oh, yeah. Week. I don't even and notice the field, but I, again, it's like we have such great depth and safety. I'm just, it's not a concern for me. I, so I just think the defense deserves a ton of credit because when we lose games and we're giving away leads, the, the, I think the, the gut reaction from a lot of people who don't watch the game or don't understand the game is going to be that the defense gave it away, but that's not the case. And I don't think it's been the case in any game other than the Dolphins game, the secondary got cooked, but again, we barely had Marlon Humphrey on the field while that was happening. And Marcus we had our fourth and fifth. Arrow, he, it was his first game back, so it's just yeah. it was not a reflection of that of that secondary in its in its full form. So I think the defense this week, I give them zero percent of the blame for that loss. I'm, I'm I've adjusted by a hundred percent to Lamar. I earlier today I was at eighty percent for Lamar. I'm going to adjust that down seventy percent for Lamar, ten percent for Mark Andrews. Ten percent dumbass penalties, ten percent coaching. So a lot of the things with the Ravens is is that like we've there's been a couple plays. Like Ravens have really bad luck. You can call it what it is, you can say whatever. I mean, it took it was a, a phantom pass interference to Mark Andrews to save or I mean uh, Marcus Peters to save the game for um it was a Mark Andrews drop, the fourth and one. I don't do, I don't agree with that by the way, about Marcus Peters. They got they were hand fighting. Uh, oh yeah, no. yeah. And, and the and dude had his face. In, and yeah, Peter's Slayton like, had his hand directly in. Yeah, Peter's and face. He read, he I can de- but I but but I can see how that flag got thrown, especially because they had the Not angle. I couldn't basically exactly. 
just because he had the arm underneath and around. I don't know. Well, I get that, right? But so at the very least, it should have been offsetting penalties because the the rules state that if a receiver has their arm fully extended, then it's a push-off. Now, if it has it in his fucking face mask, that is a face mask. Therefore, it should have been OPI and DPI replayed it down. So the problem, though, is that we had such good pressure on uh, Jones that Marcus Peters could have played like very, very soft coverage there and gotten that interception without ever touching him. And that's just it would have been a result of the pressure that was in Jones' face because he threw it so far behind him. But it, I mean, it doesn't matter. I'm just saying, like, I can see how that flag got thrown a couple weeks ago. I was making photoshops of Jerome Boger, uh, <laughs> like being in the Bills Hall of Fame and shit. I didn't see officiating be – I didn't see it as a huge factor in this game at it's all. It's not nearly there, – there were only one or two this game that I was like, all right, that's fucking bullshit. And that's yeah. normal. That's normal. That's, yeah, that's, that's, absolutely. Yeah. That's normal. But not the – but the thing is, too, is when it happens to Baltimore, it's in critical moments. And people yep. can say that, like, penalties don't change a game. Yes, they fucking do. Like, if oh, there's yeah. – you know, re, like the the for instance in the Bills game, you know that roughing the passer penalty was on third down. He it was an incomplete pass. That's fourth down. You're on the forty seven or forty eight or wherever they were, and it's a whole different ball game. That's an automatic first down, fifteen yards. So like, yeah. But, but Baltimore they error a lot on the side of aggression, and I'm okay with that. But it's it's like I feel like like I said, anything that can go wrong will go wrong. And that whole game, the whole Giants game, just felt weird. Every year, Ravens have at least two to three games, I think, feel weird. And, like, it's from a standpoint where people are like, oh, it's a runaway. You know, they're going to win by two, three scores, whatever it is. That never happens, like, expectedly. And it's always every year the Ravens have a game where you're like, oh, this is it. This is the the game that, you know, everybody's going to get their strides right. You know, wheels are going to turn and then boom. And then you lose a 10-point lead with six minutes left to the New York Giants and Daniel Jones. The second that Justin Tucker's kick hit the fucking post, yeah, I sat up and I go, that's the game. Yeah, and I just, hope that was wrong, but... I, I, I just, saw that and I was just like, "That's it, dude. That's that was a backbreaker." Yeah, what was it? Forty three or forty eight? No, fifty fifty three. Fifty three. Oh, it was fifty three. It was it was the first quarter. That was a fifty six yarder. Oh, yeah, I thought it was fifty six. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, like, and you know, really, like before that, the first possession, we were cruising down the field, and then we had a couple of, I believe, we had a couple penalties. We or we had a sack and a penalty. It was like. Everything looked good, and then suddenly it was like, "Oh yeah, I forgot this offense just like sabotaged itself." So we, so we easily. I don't. I don't think we scored a touchdown on our first possession in like eighteen straight Never. games or something fucking idiotic like that. It's it's crazy. Yeah. I was in I church for that first drive. Um, it was my parents' fortieth anniversary, so I went to some mass for them, and I was watching in the first row on Sunday ticket, and we got flagged. And I stood up and went, "Fuck!" And then the priest looked at me. He was like, "What are you doing?" I was like, hey. <laughs> Um, it's like my that's bad not entirely true that we haven't scored one on the first when? possession. Devin Duvernay. That was fair. True. I don't know. Does that, exactly. does that count as yeah. the first possession, though? Yeah, because they're kicking it yeah. to us for the possession. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, so Duvernay took that opening kick against the Dolphins back. That was the last one. Yeah. Hey, that's John Hunterball's special team, baby. Yeah, no, the first offensive possession, I don't think we scored a touchdown, at, like, dating back 
if we even scored one last year, it's like in the beginning of last year. It's it's been a very long time. It's like it's just a imagine if we could just and and which game was that that we that was was that the the Dolphins game? Miami. Yeah. 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 So we got out to a, a fucking twenty one point lead in that game. So yeah. you know if we don't give that back, but like if you start scoring early, you're context, going to keep scoring. Though. We had a twenty. We give up a twenty-one point lead in the fourth quarter. You got to put it in context. Yeah. Like yeah. you could say twenty-one point lead, and it'd be like second, third quarter. That was the fourth quarter. You almost have to right. try to do that. So yeah, um, so I'm yeah. saying we went from we scored on a on opening kickoff. We put up thirty-eight points in that game. That yeah. tells you something. If you start the game scoring points, you're going to keep scoring. Now that's not to say you're going to win the game because apparently you can go into the fourth quarter up by 21 and get outscored 28 to three that uh, hopefully that never happens again. But uh, I I'm going to put money on us winning every single game. We score 38 points. I'll lose once every 100 games or whatever, but uh, I, I'm going to take those 38 points every fucking time I can get them. So well, last maybe weeks, we should score, score some threat. fucking points early. But, but no, like to your point. Yeah. I mean, I would agree with that because like from that point, that embarrassing game on like, even the loss of the Bills, I mean, it was shitty weather, whatever, but, you know, Bills, Bengals, and then Giants, I mean, defensively, like, they stepped up to a, to a sense. I mean, losing leads is losing leads, but at least they're not giving up 40. So, I mean, it was that if, fourth if quarter in the Patriots has turned huh? the defense around, I would say. The fourth quarter yeah. in that Patriots game has really oh, turned yeah, it around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those turnovers. Our, our defense plays off juice. So, like, yeah. like, like I talked about last week in the podcast, like, the – Juice Two weeks ago, it was Marlon Peters. He brought the juice. He brought the energy. Like, our defense feeds off of, like, every, and that's what's a shitty part, too. I wish they were all individuals and could stand up and, like, you know, if you're getting paid as a man, your job is to be a man. But, like, they all feed off each other, but there's only certain ones. There's Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey. Defensively, when they're juiced, the team plays different. So I actually had an interesting conversation about this with someone. Was it, it was either earlier today or it was yesterday, asking me who I think the leaders on the team are because we don't really have any. So Marcus Peters is extremely vocal and he's definitely a leader, right? But he's a certain kind of leader. I don't know that Marlon Humphrey is a leader. You guys know that I absolutely love Marlon Humphrey, but I think he is too. I don't want to say immature, but say it. He's weird. Yeah, like I, I don't not, think. I mean, it's it's immaturity. It is immaturity. And who else on defense? Like the front seven, they have Calais Campbell and they have JPP now. But like in the secondary, you have Marcus Peters and literally nobody else. You're telling me Chuck Clark is a leader? That's what I'm told. Every time I trash that guy on the internet, I get told that he's a, an intelligent football player and a great leader, and I just don't see it. I'm telling you, it's because Earl Thomas punched him in the face and the Ravens had their little, you know, vagina council get together and say, let's cut Earl Thomas because of this. And so everybody assumed that it must be because people like Chuck Clark and he's a leader. You know what I wanted us to sign back that we didn't would have been a huge leadership on defense is LJ Fort. LJ Fort brings a different aspect of discipline to a defense and he like plays key special team snaps and he's a good sub package linebacker. Well, if anybody's looking for a great uh, highlight tape on on LJ Fort, just go to simply simply's uh, Twitter page. He made a he made a whole ass 
He made a whole ass highlight. Love it. No, he didn't. Do you guys know that the only time the Ravens have scored a touchdown in the first quarter of this season was against the Patriots? In the first quarter, yeah. So, like, In the first quarter. Other than the Duvernay kick. So I want to hear a conversation I had with my 10-year-olds today after practice because we're getting ready to start the playoffs. I told them because we we start slow the first half and we finish strong the second half. Can we please put four quarters of football together? For Christ's sake, can the Ravens put four quarters of football together? I'm going to give them a little league speech. I don't need four quarters of football. I don't Three and a half. Quarters. No, I don't even need that. I need Three and a hug. I need one. The fourth quarter is what I need them to put together. I need all of them at this point. I, I'm, I'm done. They don't get the benefit of the doubt anymore. Chibs, to your point about Marlon Humphrey, his most recent tweet tonight, did you see it? No, obviously. He said – About said, the cat? He says, want to know what bothers me? Is that everyone just assumes my cat is female. He's a man. That's what he's tweeting about. Now, I would rather he- tweets like this than J.K. Dobbins liking tweets about him not getting yeah. up carries, but this is a weird fucking tweet nonetheless. It's yeah, weird Marlon's tweet, funny, yeah. though. He's an elite troll. He knows he people troll. know he's weird. Like, Is he an elite troll or is he annoying, though? Like, I, no, I, I, I struggle with him on the internet because – He's very smart. He's very smart. He's an elite troll. Yeah. yeah. So, and that's the whole problem in the secondary, I think. Or I feel like you have to have a couple of leaders at every level of the defense. So, like I was saying, the front seven's got JPP and Calais Campbell. You've got Josh Bynes in the linebacker room. Uh, and then in the secondary, you have Marcus Peters. And if Marcus Peters is pissed off, dude, he's not going to lead because he's going to think you're a fucking idiot and he wants you to stay away from Yeah, but you need that. You, you I mean, yes, that. absolutely. So I had a thread that went kind of viral today. And one of my points was that, um, you know, you have to extend Marcus Peters because he's the heart and soul of your defense. Correct. And I think that that's the guy you have to get behind. And you know, yeah, if he's mad, he's going to treat people like shit or whatever, you know, you think the problem is. But, like, you need an in-your-face asshole like that. And we really don't have somebody that's going to hold people accountable like that on the defense right. besides Marcus Peters. And so that's got to be your guy on defense. And clearly, Clayus Campbell is not holding people accountable. You know, you said Josh Bynes is the leader in the uh, linebacker room. Like, Patrick Queen is still on Twitter getting sad because somebody like Thirst Round Pick is saying that he sucks at football. Like, could so- you imagine, you know, tweet searching, you know, your name? And getting upset because fucking like Mo and Tom are saying that you're bad at football. Like that's not a guy. That, that's should not, not be me. Either. Yeah, it's just I you know I can't I can't deal with it. And he, he's allowed to block people. He's allowed to get sad. That's fine. You know it is what it is. But at the same time, like you make millions of dollars to play football. Who the fuck cares what some troll kid with a fucking Lamar Abbey says that you know you're you can't make a tackle or make a tackle or you're not an all pro. So speaking of Lamar again, right? Are you guys ready for the clip that Will is going to use as the preview to attract more listeners? Oh, yes. yeah. Give it to me. Lamar Jackson is not a leader. He does not take responsibility for when he messes up. At the press conference he had after the game, what did he say? Everything. He said, make mistakes. For, yeah. He said everything except for I screwed up at a pivotal moment. That is not a leader. A leader accepts responsibility for what they do at all times. Therefore, Lamar Jackson can't be the leader of the offense. And see, so I disagree so, with that so, because, I mean, we can go back and look at every time Lamar's had a bad game, and he's typically the first one to say, hand up, I fucked up. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, he's also, again, he is still 90% of our offense, I believe. I, I still think that's a valid stat. 
83. Yeah. So, I mean, we he's live in 25 years life. old. So let's take that in context too. He's still 25 years old. A lot of people forget about that. They act like he's a been an eight year, nine year vet. He's still 25 years old, five he years. So I, I understand mean, that, but that. like you see other quarterbacks that have been in the league just as long as him and they're not making as like, many who, stupid decisions. They also got want to be a, a they also got Keenan Allen and uh I mean that like you gotta think about that too is Lamar has done this from the beginning with all of us in this podcast right here at wide receiver. Okay, but also like, my thing is too like give him a yeah, guy that can yeah, make his own plays. So who's a leader at quarterback that you want Lamar to be? Who's a leader? Like an example? Yeah, like who do you, who do you yeah, who do you want Lamar to be if you're talking about a leader? Like do you want him to be a Tom Brady? No, 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 no. Tom Brady yells at people. Tom Brady's a one. I want him to be Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's a player's player. Jim said that Lamar wasn't a leader. So, what quarterback are you looking for him to be like? That's my question. I would like Lamar Jackson to be a better version of himself. I understand. Okay, so, but there's no other quarterback that you want him to be. I mean, if I pick another quarterback, it's going to be white, and then I'm going to be called a racist again. No, but I, but my, what I'm getting at here is that like, you got to think about percentages weird. with that, though. Because, yeah, buddy, I'll tell you what. Before that draft, I was all in on Josh Allen, all in on Josh Allen. I yeah, think that's my idiot. first. Have like, you heard him talk? Will. Huh? Like he's yeah, he's dumb as he's fuck. a fucking idiot. He is. But he's a I, see, I, don't I knew he was going to be good. Did you see people comparing? Like, I didn't know that before he got Stephon Diggs. He had Justin Fields stats. Yeah, yeah. He never he had a sixty percent completion percentage. Yeah. From like JV high school to till he got Stephon Diggs. Yep. I there's there's no other quarterback in the NFL that I would rather have be the quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens than Lamar Jackson. And I don't think that he's a vocal leader and he's not gonna be the guy that's kind of rah rah in people's faces. He's just gonna kinda do him and hope people follow. And I would so, rather have that than like a crybaby bitch like Tom Brady. See, I would yes. feel better if he continued to – God, how do I put this? If he continued to take responsibility for the things that he did, like if we talk about the Kenyon Drake handoff that he didn't hand off or the bad interception that he threw or anything like that. Like in that moment, it's going to make people feel better. And look better at you if you just take responsibility for it. But then you're going to get the Ian Schultz of the world being like, oh, is this your MVP who uh, is sitting up here saying, I'll watch the tape and be better? Like, no matter what Lamar does, he's he's damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. So, I mean, that's also accurate. Why you got to yeah, yeah. Octo- pull out Doc Oxleaves? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, he's a so, perfect, Ian is a perfect example of the idiots on Twitter who will take anything Lamar says and fucking spinning into being a negative about him. So no matter what Lamar says, nobody's going to be happy with it. I would just much rather him shut his mouth and do him because that's seems I think to work Lamar, for him. Yeah. yeah, as I long as it's not Lamar, throwing picks. I think, I think his, like, his leadership uh, approach is probably more on like a one-on-one basis. I think he has good relationships with, with his teammates. And I think that, uh, I believe I've had this conversation privately with Chibs before, that I feel like Lamar... And this is something where he needs to find balance moving forward because having good relationships with your teammates is, is a leadership quality that a quarterback, I think, should have. But I think, like we saw it with Marquise, that I think he, he can be an enabler. And it may be something that is manifesting right now with JK where he's like, man, you should be getting 20 carries a game. You should be getting the ball more. So JK takes that as like, oh, yeah, Lamar believes in me, so I'm going to go on Twitter and hit the, hit the like button. And Hollywood – 
uh, you know, Lamar saying, man, I should be getting you the ball more. And then Hollywood is on Twitter about tweeting about soldiers and want the ball more. And then suddenly we're throwing on the ball 150 times. And he barely cracks a thousand yards. But I, so I think Lamar's still growing into the, 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 like what type of leader he wants to be. He's also very private. So he probably feels like he wants to give people the same like level of privacy and respect that he wants for himself. And that's not necessarily what every guy needs. So I just don't, I don't know if like Lamar has figured out the best way to be, you know, the 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 franchise the quarterback guy. leader that, that yeah. we're all that we're all accustomed to seeing. And I mean, maybe it, that's what Lamar, it is. Lamar does, but Lamar does everything his own way. So like again, like it may not be that he ever gets to that point, but I think he needs to find does need to find more of a balance though, because I think he he leans more towards enabling guys uh, to be more focused on things like how many carries they're getting as opposed to. Uh, the team, you know, being on the same page and everybody picking up for each other, being held accountable when they fuck up, being able to go in front of a mic and, and tell everybody so, how they fucked up. So, so there's there, a fine that's line I think So I could see that. I could see that. But I'll also argue the side that the way that I perceive Lamar is that he's a player's player. So he is somebody that he doesn't have to be a rah-rah, get-in-your-face guy. He's right. a guy that he he essentially leads by example. He's a good teammate. He's a happy. He's go lucky. You know, he's free spirited. Like somebody like that, you want to play with. That's as competitive as he is. And he he might not point yep. the fingers. He might play the nice guy, but he's also the type of guy that I see saying, "Hey, man, he's gonna stay out of it at the same time. Like he's gonna be your friend, but he's gonna stay out of it. He's not gonna be like passive, but at the same time, he's gonna." I would want to play for him more than the Tom Brady because I know that I can be better around him and not be chastised. There right. is also well, so here's a fine the problem. Line, I was going to say there's a fine line between enabling delusion and hyping up your own guys, and I think that that's kind of the tightrope that Lamar walks when we talk right. about the JK stuff. I agree with that and well, the Hollywood yeah. stuff. Yeah, but yesterday, yesterday, here's the problem. After the game, he very clearly blamed Linderbaum for that snap, but also didn't really accept the fact that he himself made those very obvious mistakes, made yeah. bad decisions, bad execution. So like, it's fine if you do want to say like, yeah, the snap was early because I mean, it's true. Whatever. It was a bad snap. It, really it, snap it was right. And I'm sure Linderbaum one and Abigail, we were used to saying that four times that, a game. You can't say that about Linderbaum's snap. And then also, be like, yeah, and then I made a terrible decision to throw to Pat Ricard in, in, when I should have just eaten it or thrown it away or whatever, and then just ignoring the fact that he fumbled the next, you know, two plays later. So, like, you know, mm-hmm. it's just it, it's it's a weird time to like lay blame at someone's feet when you're then not going to like acknowledge the, the the your role in what happened at the end of the game. But, and I'm not here to pile on Lamar Jackson. Like earlier right. uh, yesterday, I got I got two accounts yesterday. So I. I got my main account suspended from Twitter for 12 hours, and then I switched to my private account, made it public, and got that one locked too because people <laughs> were coming at me so hard. Motherfuckers called me Bill Polian and that I've been waiting on Lamar Jackson to slip. Do you know who you're talking to? I have a fucking nine-sheet uh, Google sheet dedicated to Lamar's success wearing specific combinations of colors. You think that I want Lamar Jackson to fail? Get the fuck out of here. That was a wild take. Everything about fucking race. Yeah, everything about race. As as if they even know what I look like. My fucking picture is a clock. Exactly. My biggest thing 
my my biggest thing too is that like you can't i don't think you are allowed to criticize lamar so that's how it seems sometimes yeah it is the problem so is is that people take legitimate criticism of lamar and they will lump you in with a uh, certain analyst that we discuss on here from time to time right. who may or may not have been a ballerina in her past right. and so if and you have pet. a negative and her pet yeah, and you know, won't walk her dog, but um, you know, horrible. No, pet no, owner, I'm, talk, anyway. I'm talking about the. I'm talking about her pet elephant. Oh, her elephant sleeve friend. Yeah, no, but if you have a negative take of Lamar, like you immediately get lumped in with those people, and it doesn't allow people to be, you know, intellectually honest when they talk about what happened in a game. Because you, again, if you if you look at yesterday's game, like that interception was fucking horrendous. There's yep. no other way to describe Horrible. that other than. He got a bad snap, and then he made it 10 times worse by throwing that ball instead these of throwing the ball second, away. These seconds, I blame Lamar for that on Twitter. There were his fanboys in my mentions blaming Greg Roman. How? Yeah, and well, <laughs> so we have this, you know, weird um, thing as a fan base of Greg Roman where he's fucking terrible. And, like, I, you know, he, he is not equipped to be our offensive coordinator. But that had nothing to do with the mistakes Lamar made yesterday. Those were his own mistakes and nothing else. Yes. And so that's kind of where it's mutually exclusive. Yeah. Where I get confused is that, you know, I I will happily support anything that calls Greg Roman ISIS, says he should be fired. Like, that's fine. I'm all all on board with that. But it doesn't absolve him. He caused the pandemic. He caused the pandemic. He was at the January 6th. Did you guys see that Boston College scientists have created a new lethal strain of COVID? Yes. Yeah, I know. yeah. Hey, Drew, so, can, can, you, can you check into that, please? I, I actually could, and I could tell you exactly where the lab is and the set. So there's this, if you Google Meth Mile Boston, there's um, this little homeless encampment that they made where they just allow them to sell meth and shit out in the open. And what? that is like, I don't Amsterdam. know. Fucking, Dude, Boston is a fucking third world country, man. The, no, so it's, it's, and the funny part is, is that right around the corner from there, it's like million dollar homes and people, you know, are all pissed off about it. But regardless, that is a 600 foot walk from this lab where they've created this deadly strain of COVID. So one of these fucking crackheads is going to get all hopped up on meth, break into a window and start another pandemic. The fuck? So I just Googled yeah. Boston meth mile. And the first yeah. thing that pops up is city tries to clean up meth mile residents yeah. say no thanks. Yeah, because uh, so they tried to clean up. No, no, good. Um, no, so they used to be all kind of stretched out across the street because there's a free clinic. There's a, um, a methadone clinic down the street from there, and so it used to be kind of stretched out over this like long street. And you know, you can go down there any time of day and you see a couple junkies tripping out on the side of the road, but no big deal. And so the city's idea, Marty Walsh, you can Google him. He's a fucking scumbag. His idea was to then contain them to this one corner, and he put up fences and he put up a tent over it. And then the police just don't go in there. And so that's why the the residents. Yeah, you just locked them in basically. And then, you know, so then that's why the residents. Those are fucking wild. Oh, Oh, yeah. I'm surprised. Yeah, that's that's one of the uh, best kept secrets of Boston is that there is this fucking just Hamsterdam basically just fucking freely operating. Dude, this is absurd. Well, you know what they say, man. Tweaker's going to tweaker. There's a will, there's a way. Dope fiend will find a way. In America, I don't think we say tweakers. I think that's just a California thing. Probably. Either way, you done, you done learn what that is now. It's not the, the young yeah, kid from South Park thing. going, nah, that's too far for me. I don't, I don't live by the beach. I live up in the valley, but still, nonetheless, yeah. Dope oh, fiends go fiend. Yeah, something like that. I, I'm blonde and blue is what to do. So, anyway, 
Yeah. Unreal. Do you want to get into the Browns game? Yeah. Uh, Miles Garrett's hurt. Yeah, that's right. Shoulder injury, I mean, right? Yeah, he said yeah, he's going to play, but he's pretty yeah. banged up. I hope he's healthy so. next week, not um, not this Sunday. So. Right. Well, no, I, stop that. This is must win territory for me again, as yes. our last you know Sunday home game against a divisional opponent was. Um, okay. I mean, it's stop Nick Chubb and you win the game. Yeah. Right. Or yeah. slow and, Nick Chubb. And down. we just did a pretty good job of that until the very end of 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 containing Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley didn't have a great game until correct. He had like sixty three yards that, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and, carry and a lot yards, but so less many? than four yards a carry. It was twenty-two for eighty-three, so less than four yards a carry. That's a good day for a run defense. Yep. Right, if and and I think probably okay. twenty twenty-five of those yards probably came on those last two. Uh, yeah. Play, yep. Two plays. Yeah, came in the really fourth quarter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, off those off those turnovers. Um. Yeah. No, I don't think it's not only is it a must win. I think we need to come out and beat the shit out of Cleveland. Like, win by, like, I, 30, 30 plus points. I don't so care. My only thing I, I don't. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Just win. I don't care. We play, we play division <laughs> games ugly. Like, I would love to come out and blow Cleveland's doors off. That would be fine. I'm, I'm going to be there. Um, I don't want to drive down for another fucking ugly game where I'm, you know, sitting on the edge of my seat the entire time. I'm but, supposed to um, win the Tampa game. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm fully expecting to be down there and just fucking – sweating my dick off watching, you know, a fucking 14 to seven shootout, you know, there where it's just yeah. a punt fest, but I don't know. I, I think it's just actually, I hope it's not a punt fest because Jordan Stout has been fucking gross. I don't, so I, this is the thing with punters for me is that like, I don't want to see a punter. And so if our punter's not great every time, like it's because our offense is failing. Yeah. Like, I don't want to see Jordan Stout out on the field. So like, if he's not punting well, fine, but like, then keep him off the field and fucking convert and score points. Yeah, uh, Jeff. Jeff he can be out there for posted, extra points. That's it. Yeah, Jeff Strebeck posted today that the Ravens have had 15 full fourth quarter drives, and I think seven of them have ended in a turnover, and the other eight drives have resulted in 22 total points. Yeah, like that's that's not good, and like that's because no, your punter's on the field all the time. Like I don't want to be playing this field position game with the Browns. I just want to be on the field, and whether and if it's you know. 12 field goals from Tucker, then fine, do that. Uh, I'm good with that. But like, yeah, make it like, what was that game? Was it, uh, it was in Baltimore, was I think, the snow game. It was a Colts. Colts. No, yeah. Lions. Oh, yeah, Lions. Oh, 43-1 back in 09. Yeah, where we fucking literally did not score a touchdown, but we still know, won no, because no, of Justin Tucker. Four, no, yeah, 48-3 four, to three was the Yeah, time. that was the Detroit. That was, um, that was fucking what? Is it 19 to 16 or 18 to 16 where Matt Elam caught the game winning pick against Stafford? Yeah, I'm Calvin Johnson. Yeah, that's that was game. the one good thing Matt Elam yep. ever did in his career. The only yeah. thing that's why he got to, he got to hang up that picture on his fridge. I just don't want to be punting the ball, so I don't want to get on Jordan Stout for not being a great punter because I don't ever want to see him. And it's not anything personal yeah. against him. I just don't want to be punting the ball. And well, like again, so go ahead. We, we there's no reason, no reason. There's not there is not a single area that we are not better than Cleveland. Except maybe running like back. running back. You wanna, okay, running back. Yes. Offensive line. But no, our offensive line is better. Debatable. No, their debatable. offensive line is for sure. If, if, if you want to go, if you want to like boil it down to like player by player, obviously, like we could play that game. But I'm saying like I think group by group. I don't know that that running Cleveland's back. better than us at any position except sure. running back. But we're still, but we're still good at running back. So like I don't really care. 
So I don't think we're going to lose because we, we can't run the ball. But Listen, there's no reason that we shouldn't. Hunt, I would be so fucking happy. Gus Edwards supposedly oh, is coming back. Right. Like so that, that could be huge. That could be huge. But I don't. I just don't see any reason why we should not impose our will on Cleveland this week, especially if this team is has any interest in you know I said I've said this since the beginning of the fucking year the the worst thing we can possibly the worst position we can be in is fighting 500 because if we're fighting 500 we're in a weak division this year Cleveland's yeah. bad the Steelers are just as bad probably worse the Steelers Bengals are worse. have yeah the and, the and the Bengals have regressed so they're going to win games they're probably going to be like eight or not eight and nine or nine and eight they're going to be right around there. Cleveland's probably going to be a seven, six or seven win team, and the Steelers could be a five win team this year. So, like, it might be a no three win team. Yeah, there's no reason that we should be in some sort of dogfight in this division, and we've put ourselves in the position where we are. So, we're fighting 500. If you're fighting 500, that means you're fighting off at least one division team. We shouldn't be because we're better than all the rest of them. We already beat Cincinnati. We should have beat Cincinnati by fucking 17 points or more. So, this week, we need to reaffirm to ourselves and to everybody else that we are that much better than the fucking Cleveland Browns. There's no reason that they should be in the game. We should have, we should go into halftime up by at least 14 points and we should not give it back. We, you know, I think I just like, have this sickening yeah. feeling. They're going to make Jacoby Brissett look like a fucking all pro. I mean, I do too. And I'm not in same. Nick, uh, Nick uh, I'm not confident Nick at Trump. any point. I, honestly, I'm, I just don't know. This is the first year where, like, it just doesn't surprise me anymore. Yeah, I'm pissed off about the big blown leads and everything, but I'm not gonna lie. On Sunday, when after that situation, I was not shocked, and that's that's a bad point to be a Ravens fan with so much pride in like defense and holding leads and all that stuff, and just you know doing all the little things right to win because you don't have an offense, and now you can't even do that. And it's just like it's a crapshoot, you know, for the for the end of the game. And the Browns are a team that I mean, that's a trap game. That's all up and down a trap game. Like people can say I what think they this want about the trap Giants. game this week. No, this was a trap game. Giants well, I get that, but I'm saying yeah, but they're it's deep, a trap game because of expectations. was terrible. Yeah, yeah, like the Giants were exactly what we said: is that they were a well coached team that we let hang around, and then they came back and won. Yeah, and, and I, I think specifically on this podcast, we all said, "Do not let the Giants hang around because they will find a way to win the game." I, and we let them hang the around. Beginning of that, you said I a well-coached team, right? I yeah. said last year and that if they replace John Harbaugh with anyone, it should be Brian Dable. And oh, he's a great. Here we coach. are. And apparently, he's, he's my brother. And honestly, people could like. I get it. People are like, "Oh, Harbaugh's a great coach." You know, he's got you know this you know win record, whatever. But he's not, man. Think of all the players and the players with, like, tenure that just don't like him. And you think of all the – Lamar's probably wanted to say a whole bunch of shit, but he's not because he's smarter than that. But you hear – like, I mean, you get you say things about the Hollywood stuff or whatever, but, like, if you can't hold yourself accountable and you can't hold your assistants accountable, like, that's a problem, especially in the NFL. And Harbaugh is just not that guy. And, I mean, we can get on the, the coaching that – we can get on Eric DeCosta, we can get on whatever, but Brian Dable flat out I mean, they you can say what you want about Lamar. What are what are Daniel Jones's weapons? I mean, he had no weapons 
virtually a young offensive line with no skill. You got a defense com- compiled of like name a superstar. They just had Kayvon Thibodeau, who was their hopes and dreams of being that superstar, and he can't even win that game. And you're getting out coached by a guy that was an OC that's doing little with nothing. And that doesn't show you to look across at your guy, Greg Roman, who sits in the fucking booth, which I hate that, first of all. Every every coordinator should be on the sidelines to be in the game, be one-on-one talking face-to-face to their quarterbacks, their receivers, their running backs, their linemen, seeing what's going on in situations. Like, sitting up there is fucking lazy. Eat your Big Mac somewhere else, you fat motherfucker. Like... Everything that he does pisses me off. And you got a guy, it's so simple. You have a generational quarterback, and you got a guy taking Daniel Jones and making him look better than a generational quarterback because of his acumen to a game and his ability to adjust. It's fucking lazy. So I put this out on Twitter today, um, you know, that I put out like a couple steps that we could do that would kind of, I guess, right the ship in the short term. And my first point was that you have to fire Greg Roman. And it's not because Harbaugh hasn't done enough to be fired. I just don't think that that's the kind of coach that you're going to move on from midseason, given his legacy, given everything that he's done here and kind of who he is. And Mike McDonald's a rookie coach. So I think Greg Roman has to be kind of your sacrificial lamb here. And what I don't understand is why we won't make the move from Greg Roman to T. Martin. Um, and the reason why I wanted T. Martin to be the offensive coordinator is he already knows Greg Roman's playbook. He already knows the system that we run. You know, he's been here for two years now. And you can't really, I don't want to, you know, reinstall an offense in week seven with a brand new coordinator. Yeah. And so if you bring in a T. Martin, you have a guy who knows what we do already, knows our general playbook, knows our general scheme, and can add some wrinkles, you know, do something fucking different from what we're doing to highlight what Lamar does well. Because again, you know, I think Lamar presses and I think that that's the biggest cause of all of his mistakes is that we put him in the situation where he feels like whether it's correct or not, that he has to play hero ball, that he has to put the team on his back and he has to throw for 400 yards and rush for 150 yards and throw for five touchdowns for us to have a chance to win. And you know what that does too, is it ruins your chemistry with your, let's call them weapons just to, for the sake of argument. Um, So if you're ruining chemistry with your guys, then they're going to have drops or you're going to overthrow them or underthrow them because they don't know what the fuck you're about to do. Yeah, because they all feel the heat, too. They all feel like, you know, this is on us and Lamar's going to fucking run around the pocket and do something crazy and we better come down with the catch. Yeah. And you're just putting unnecessary pressure on yourself and on the offense and on Lamar. And I just don't I don't see why Greg Roman continues to be employed here. I just, it does not make sense to me. I don't get it. I feel like this is the perfect Because T. Martin Martin knows his offense, but T. Martin also, as an ex-competitive quarterback, knows how to manipulate coverages, you know, different aspects of the passing game to make adjustments. He'd be a phenomenal offensive coordinator. However, everybody's giving Byron Leftwich praise in Tampa Bay. That's what T. Martin could do at the offensive coordinator position. And then you put Keith Williams as the passing game coordinator. Let those two work because our receivers are not skilled. Outside of Rashad Bateman, our receivers are not skilled. And the fact that Keith Williams has them competitive and making people think they are skilled is a whole different ballgame. I think that our wide receivers are situationally skilled. I think Devin Duvernay is a great gadget guy with great yes. hands. 
I love Devin. I, I didn't mean like, to so, that. He, I love no, Devin. but but the thing is, is that he's not going to be your you know run a complete route tree on the outside kind of guy. Like he does very specific things very well. And when you give him to a Greg Roman kind of guy, he doesn't really know how to use him. Maybe if you give him to T Martin, T Martin can figure out how to use him better. So you know, how much do you want? Like when we've talked about ship before, when we talk about um, Greg Roman's like passing concepts, I bitch all the time about levels. Like that's all passing concept concepts are, are levels because you want to beat a zone with a level and you want to beat man coverage with some sort of level, whether it's vertical or horizontal. And the thing that pisses me off the most with him is he doesn't utilize that. And there are players on this offense and receivers that can do that. And I want to bring up the Bengals because you look at the three Bengals receivers. You got Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, and Jamar Chase. They all run levels. Look at where they're successful and what plays they make in certain games. They're at different levels. Jamar Chase is a short level guy. Quick screens, quick slants, quick hooks, making plays with his body, being physical, using his leverage. You got T. Higgins that runs more of the intermediate routes that he can run across the middle, make catches, take long plays, 50-50 guy. And Tyler Boyd is more of a slot guy okay, that works vertical to inside so they work levels and they're all successful and work together because they work levels but that's also an offensive coordinator thing why didn't we go get robbie anderson i don't think we've bitched about that enough Sixth that and been, seventh. Uh, can we get the edc yet we've been on this thing for a fucking minute um, that guy good we, guy we got on him early yeah, we got on him early. Right on my it wasn't about well, that. Listen, I wouldn't hear yet but a sixth and a seventh robbie anderson you couldn't pull the trigger on anything i'd give him a fifth at least so, and then you and want to say, 20, oh, yeah, by the way, we're bringing in. And a 2025-7th. It's not even next year's draft. It's fucking two and three years down the road. Yeah, they're like, hold on. We're holding a trial yeah. for Tim Brown tomorrow. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, he's probably, he's probably still got it. Tim Brown runs great routes. Don't worry about I it. I actually had to go on Twitter I had to go on Twitter today and say that Deshaun Jackson is better than James Prochet and Tylen Wallace, and we shouldn't be mad about this workout. He is, and it was, he is though. That's the thing about making people – yeah. That's what we're down to is that I'm sitting here hyping up a Deshaun Jackson signing because that's literally what we're doing. And it's forgot just, about Eddie Isabella because he, he, took, he took Bailey Gaither to the garage. So they took Eddie Isabella. Sure did, dude. You watch your mind or you watch that slander, freaking uh, um, what's his face? Bailey Gaither's on the practice Gaither. squad still too. No, they right. back. Yeah, they released somebody else and brought Gaither back. Oh, that's right. Hey, Drew's Speckled got a bad because because uh, what's his face got put on IR. Slade Bolden. Bolden. Yeah, Slade. Your offensive rookie of the year. Just yep. looking up. He'd have no, he'd, he'd, he'd have sixty five catches right now. Okay, so, hold on. So hold on, hold on. So. James Prochet, I believe, got four snaps this week. Maybe it was six, but he got like a seven percent snap share. He got a seven percent snap share. I think Tylen Wallace got twenty-three percent of the offensive snaps. I think Andy Isabella is going to get elevated probably this week. I mean, he's he he was an NFL starter until he got released, right? He yeah, he's clearly so. He's Prochet is it? Prochet is a cut candidate this week. I hope so. Uh, honestly, I've been I've been saying fucking get rid of that guy since we drafted him because I'm so sick and tired of the hype behind nothing. And he doesn't yeah. do anything. We put him on the field. People swear to me that he's this, you know, intelligent wide well, receiver. because he had hand. those stats in garbage time last year in a fucking bullshit game. And well, in the preseason game. People always put up the picture of him mossing the dude in the uh, 
the Washington football team's preseason game where he like stared him down. That's another yeah. one people hold on to. It's just this team with wide receivers is the most frustrating thing to deal with that we are literally one wide receiver and Robbie Anderson. Imagine Robbie Anderson being your deep threat 50, 50 ball guy with Bateman and Duvernay. Like he is exactly what we wanted. And I think will hit the nail on the head with that in March. I think you were talking about getting him. So it wasn't even like a, a, it wasn't even like a recent thing. It was a, this is the guy we need. Why don't we go get him? I would love DJ Moore too, but like, Maybe yeah, that's yeah. not an easy. Maybe that's not an easy. Anderson, yeah. Anderson to me, the he he made sense way back then, just because of how he profiles his. You know, I said on a game on a per game basis, his his production has been comparable to Hollywood Brown over the course of both their careers. He's his size and just the role he plays, I, and then what it would take to get him, which we found out is. Uh, like draft picks, everybody like will forget wh- where they even got them from by the time they make the picks. And I believe his transferable salary was like eight hundred sixty-five thousand dollars or something. Like that. it was something so, and prorated. So I saw it. He cost early, no money. Yeah, it was prorated to like six hundred forty-five. They like, yeah. they're like, you all are mad about getting Robbie Anderson, but you got Demarcus Robinson. So what's Robbie Anderson going to be a two or three? Okay, you can make that argument. Cool. Fine, whatever. But I would rather have Rashad Bateman, Devin Duvernay, Robbie Anderson, and then Demarcus Robinson as a number four than what yep. we currently have in Rashad Bateman, Devin Duvernay, Demarcus Robinson, and Tylen Wallace. Like right. I would Absolutely. rather have that top four versus another top four. When you run a lot of spread or like whatever you do physically, I'd rather have the matchup night. Like I don't want to say nightmare, but I mean it's a probability for Robbie Anderson can make plays. He has the yeah. drop issues, but he makes plays. But I would rather have the top four of Bateman, Duvernay, Demarcus Robinson, and Robbie Anderson over anything else. So if you want to pick your poison and bitch about something, like if you want to stick up for your man EDC, find another way. The man Here's can't a question. Draft. This, yeah, this is one that I know Chibs back in the day, you were, you were pissed off that this didn't happen, but we were in on Adam Thielen at one point. Do you think yep. that – uh, we should go uh, kick the tires on Adam Thielen. I think he would be a good addition for what we need too. Because the Vikings aren't really using him as much anymore. So, right. yep. I would, yeah, I'd be all in on that. AT, well, that's, dude, I'm part of Elijah Moore. Jets aren't using Elijah Moore at all. Well, well speaking, of Moore, speaking of Moore, speaking of Moore, I have another name that might only excite Chibs, but Chris Moore is a free agent. So, <laughs> just, you know. Free, you know, break out. Definitely, definitely going to be dropping that screenshot in. That screenshot's getting, <laughs> that's going out on the promo. Damn it, Chip. In that house, they stand for Chris Moore. So, you know, one yeah, of those uh, things. In a different house, you know. So. Anywho, that's going to do it for this week's episode. We'll be back next week to discuss what the hell happens with the Browns. Meanwhile, <clears throat> it's time for me to make my sound clip. Nope. Oh, nope. Yeah, oh, potential. He's going to bleep it anyway. Oh, sort of. Kind of. You sound like one of them uh, vampires from Days of Night or whatever. What's it called? 30 oh, Days fucking of Night. 30 Days of Night with Josh Hartnett. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, nothing there. Yeah, that's all inhaled. But anyway, I'm going to holler at y'all, man. Zone 32. 32.